Now I am moving on to the next uh, section, which is some discussion about the word awaj, which is also a really cool conversation. Um, so let's talk about that. Al-awaj, al-awaj in Arabic, there are two words, al-awaj, actually means al-in'itaf, uh, turning or curvature or even sympathy. Because when you are leaning towards someone, then you're kind of, you're, you're biased towards them. You know, you, you incline towards them. And that's the imagery of someone who's bent one way, who's biased one way, who's leaning one way. So al-in'itaf is from its figurative meanings. Fima kana qa'iman. So curvature that comes in something that was originally straight. Iwaj is something that was originally straight and eventually deteriorated. Like a tree that's getting old and it's bending, its bark is bending. Okay? Or a piece of metal that's, that was straight, a beam that was straight and over time it deteriorated. Or a, war, a, a wall, this is no accident, a wall will come up later on in this surah that used to be straight and then it started getting bent. Allah is talking about Musa السلام, fixing a wall in a town that used to be straight. يُرِيدُ أَنْ يَنْقَضَّهُ it wants to tip over, but he set it straight again. There's a word connection there too. Right? So there's a visual example of setting something straight. Now, then, just like a spear, an old spear that gets bent. So, or like an arrow or something that gets bent. It's no longer good for use. Or a wall that's bending. Uh, and anything that used to be originally straight and then start uh, uh, starts bending, you say that it has a awaj. Your tree has a really serious awaj. Meaning your tree, my friend, is tipping over and it's going to crash on my house, so you need to get rid of that tree. That's, it's got a awaj with a fatha. And awaj in the land is when land is uneven. When land is uneven, then it's called iwaj in the land. When you have iwaj in the in a road, that means a curvature in a road. Like a road, you know, like there's like straight roads, you can see mile and miles ahead. And then there are roads that curve and bend. They have a awaj in them or a iwaj in them. Their deviation it's also called a iwaj. This is where it gets really interesting. A woman is called awja. One of the descriptions of a, a, a mother is awja. When she t leans over to feed her baby. She stands up straight, but when she's feeding her baby, out of love, she leans over and she's feeding her baby. So that, and that actually goes back to having a bias. Because the mother has a loving bias towards her child. And the expression of her love is how, in how she leans over. This usage, and then I'll, I'll give you some more. Um, uh, so it's basically of any figure, anything phys physical that actually deviates from its original shape. Something that gets bent out of shape basically has awaj. That's a good way to put it. It is the opposite of something that is straight. It is also used figuratively to refer to things when you, when you deviate from correct definitions or the correct opinion. Like you know how politicians in a very subtle way change their opinion? Because they, they want to change their opinion because they're looking bad in the polls, but they don't want to come out and say I was entirely wrong either. So they have a little wordplay. That would be an iwaj in their speech. Okay. So, and then some said that iwaj and awaj, there's a difference between them. That iwaj, the one used in the Quran, is actually figurative and awaj is literal. But actually, they're both used literally, like Zamashari commented, Alam yarif qawlallah fayadharuha qa'atan safsafan la tarafiha iwajan 
wala amtan. You're not going to see when Allah destroys the earth and He renders the earth flat, you will not see any iwaj, meaning any bump going up and lo amat or amtan and nothing going down. And it, no ups and downs will be left on the earth when Allah is done leveling the earth. That's an ayah in the Quran. So Allah is referring, He's making reference to that and saying, look, iwaj is figurative in this ayah. Because when Allah says, Allah didn't put any iwaj in this Quran, what's He saying? The ideas of this book are not going to be altered or tampered with, right? So now, this is a hadith in Bukhari, which is uh, actually pretty beautiful and is connected directly to our conversation. An Yasar bin Ata' qal, laqitu Abdullah bin Amr. بن العاص رضي الله عنهما قلت أخبرني عن صفة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في التوراة قال أجل he says tell me about the qualities of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that are described in Torah the Sahabi asked another he said okay I'll tell you I know some stuff I'll tell you والله إنه لموصوف في التوراة ببعض صفته في القرآن I tell you I swear to God he has been he's no doubt about it he's been described in the Quran with some of the same qualities that have that have occurred in the Quran so Torah and Quran have the same qualities described of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya ayyuhan nabi inna arsalnaka shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadheeran. He quoted the ayah, O messenger, no, uh, beloved messenger, no doubt about it, we in fact are the ones that have sent you down as a witness, as a giver of good news and a giver of warning. Waharzun lil ummiyin. Now he's going to the Torah definition. Waharzun lil ummiyin. And he will be a refuge for the, for the people who are unlettered. He'll be a protection for the people who are unlettered. أنت عبدي ورسولي. So the Torah is speaking now. You are my servant and my messenger. Meaning the way the Torah speaks about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. سميتك المتوكل. I have I have uh, named you المتوكل. Meaning the one who places his trust. One of the qualities of the messenger that he relies on. Allah azza wa jal. ليس بفضل ولا غليظ. You are not harsh. You are not hard-hearted. You are not tough and mean to others. ولا سخاب في الأسواق. And you are not loud and obnoxious in the markets. وَلَا يَدْفَعُ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ السَّيِّئَةِ And he does not respond to something evil that has been done to him with another evil. Meaning he responds to evil with good. Okay? وَلَكِنْ يَعْفُ وَيَغْفِرْ However, he forgives and pardons. وَلَنْ يَقْبِضَهُ اللَّهُ This is the part that, the reason I quoted this hadith. وَلَنْ يَقْبِضَهُ اللَّهُ حَتَّى يُقِيمَ بِهِ الْمِلَّةَ الْعَوْجَاءِ And Allah will not uh, seize him. Allah will not take him away from this people, from, from the Meccans, from the Arabs, until he sets straight by means of them the nation that was Awja. Al-Millat al-Awja. Awja is from the same origin as what? Awaj. So the nation that Rasul came to is being called a nation that is Awja, a nation suffering from Iwaj. A nation that has the quality of Iwaj. And his job is to take their Iwaj and what? Make it straight. Now what does that mean? That means, because Iwaj means something that was originally straight and was bent out of shape, yes? So now what does it mean? Uh, by the way, بِأَنْ يَقُولُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So that they can say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ once again. He will straighten them out so they come back to لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَيَفْتَحُوا بِهَا أَعْيُنًا عُمْيًا وَأَذَانًا صُمًّا وَقُلُوبًا غُلْفًا And Allah will, uh, or by means of that messenger, uh, he, and, uh, by, and by means of that milla rather, by the means of that nation, Allah will open up eyes that were blind and ears that were deaf and hearts that were covered up. In other words, once he wakes up this ummah, they will wake up the world. Once he straightens this ummah out, they will straighten out the world. That's Torah. He's citing Torah. Now, so this hadith, when you study Lisan al-Arab, his commentary is really awesome on this hadith. He says, Al-Millat al-Awja' ya'ni Millat Ibrahim ala nabiyyina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam allati ghayyaratha al-Arab an istiqamatiha. 
He's saying this is actually a reference to the nation of Abraham, the nation of Ibrahim The Arabs were children of Ismail and through Ismail of Ibrahim which means these were originally people of Tawheed and that Tawheed got bent out of shape into turned into shirk and so he's saying that this legacy has to be brought back straight. So Tarat is making reference to the fact that Rasulullah is there to revive the legacy of Ibrahim which is actually a very powerful theme in the entire Qur'an that Rasul's role وسلم, is to revive the legacy of Ibrahim So this is about Al-Milla Al-Awja Now, uh, before I go to my final commentary on this ayah which is my favorite part of this ayah what I wanted to share with you is this concept uh, one more time just so you keep it in mind Kamilan fi datihi mukmilan Something perfect in and of itself and something as a result of being perfect in and of itself that if you adhere to it, you are striving towards perfection yourself. The self before others, right? The self before others. So we're in the kamilan fi dhatihi discussion. We are in the internal perfection of the Book of Allah. That's what we're talking about currently. One idea that Allah did not allow for any iwaj in it, what could that imply? What, what are the philosophical meanings of that? That's the last conversation I want to have with you. But the strength with which Allah says this, that's what I want to describe to you now. Look at these words. وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِوَجًا And I translate, and he did not put any crookedness where? Any crookedness in it. But the word in in Arabic is not lam. What is it? Hmm. So how come he didn't say وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ فِيهِ عِوَجًا Right, the question occurs. Why not say fee? What you would translate then as he did not put any crookedness in it. Remember I told you it's a poor translation, like there's stuff missing. So why is there a lamb here, not a fee? You know? Or you can't just say, well, lamb means fee. Hmm? No, it's not Lamataki. No. One day. One day. So Duna Fihi Ibn Ashur says Duna Fihi Lianal Ihtisas Yunasibul Iwaj al Ma'nawi Bainama fi Lidharfiya. He says, lam is used here because it is figurative usage. If you used fi, that would be literal usage of a place that has a crookedness in it. So he wanted to be, Allah wanted to express it figuratively, that's why he used the fi. But Samir Ra'i, Dr. Samir Ra'i, may Allah protect him, uh, he said something so beautiful that I wrote the entire thing, or copied the entire thing into my notes, and I'm going to read it off to you. إِذْ قُلْنَا لَمْ يَجْعَلِ اللَّهُ لِلْفِيلِ قَرَنَيْنِ وَلَمْ يَجْعَلِ لِلْبَقَرَةِ خُرْتُومًا يعني هكذا هي ابتداءً في أصل خلقتها أو خلقتها في قد تكون بعدها Listen carefully. If Allah says that He did not put, uh, put horns for an elephant. He did not place horns for lamb, an elephant. Or He did not put a trunk for a cow. For, not in. For a cow. That actually suggests that these two creatures have no possibility of these two things to begin with. When you say about a child or about a man that Allah did not put a left hand on him. He does not have a left hand. Allah didn't give him a left hand. Actually means the expectation originally was he could have had a left hand, but the lam suggests something that in its inherent qualities wouldn't have the possibility of something. Allah is not just saying He gave us the book and then made sure there wouldn't be any 
crookedness in it. Actually, the book was given, the book is in a state where in and, in and of itself, it's not even possible for it to have any crookedness by design. Ibtida'an, originally speaking. Okay. Fi qad takunu Had the word fi been used, there's a possibility that that no possibility of deviation is something that occurs later. Like, you know you have a project that's imperfect, and eventually it gets perfect, and you're like, no more need for improvement. Finally, it's the final, like your drafts. When you write an essay, you have drafts. And there is iwaj fihi. There's fihi. But when your answer to a question is perfect already, to begin with, there's no room for improvement, then you would use lahu. You see? So the fact that the Qur'an does not need an editorial process, does not need a revision, does not need for someone to come and say, we need to revisit, revisit this book and figure out what we can take out and what we can put in. We need to reinterpret, we need to re, you know, reconstruct, omit and add. There's no room for that at all to begin with. By the way, is this a conversation in contemporary times? We need to revisit the Qur'an, we need to rethink about some surahs, maybe they shouldn't be there. You know, after all, children are memorizing it. That conversation. The response to that is in Lam yaj'al lahu aywajan. So, Lam yaj'al lahu lil fili qaranaini ibtida'an fi asli khilqatihi fahada ab'adu fin nafi. So, Allah is saying, just like the elephant was not given two horns, He did not install for it, provide for it the possibility of two horns, negating it with a lamb like that is actually much stronger. It's like Allah is saying to begin with, originally, in essence, it does not have any possibility for, uh, for improvement or any possibility of deviation. Look at it. Look, compare this to the ayah where Allah talks about iwaj, about the day of judgment, on the, uh, about the earth. He says, you will not find in the earth any iwaj on judgment day, any, any bump on judgment day, nor any ditch on judgment day. Wait, why fee? Was the earth always like that? No, originally it had bumps and ditches. And then eventually this lack of iwaj was there. So when iwaj is not permanent, then fee. When the, the denial of iwaj is not permanent, then fee. When the denial of iwaj is permanent, then lam. And similarly, قَالَ فِيهَا وَلَمْ يَقُلْ لَهَا فِي يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَتَّبِعُونَ الدَّاعِ لَا عِوَجَ لَهُ The day on which they will all be following the caller. You know when the, 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 the siren is blown and everybody will rise and they will follow the call? There's no possibility of any iwaj in it. لَا عِوَجَ لَهُ Not فِيهِ لَهُ It's not like there was a first attempt, it didn't come out and then people said, needs improvement, let's try a trial. Test two, microphone test. Mic test. It's not going to be like that. La iwajalahu. There's no possibility of it being anything short of perfect to begin with. Fi asli khilqatihi. Idan fihi yadullu ala annahu jaa ba'da dalik. Walahu abadu fi nafi ibtidaan. So fi would mean that some kind of Im the, the perfection came later on, and lahu would mean it was always perfect to begin with. So that's a very important note. So the, this is what I want to conclude with. When Allah says, Lam yaj'alahu iwajan. He's talking about the Qur'an also not losing, we not losing the Qur'an. Its meaning, its message, its strength, its impact on us will be maintained. People say, well, the Qur'an impacted the Sahaba in such a special way. Actually, by Allah saying this book has no iwaj, its power has no iwaj, its effect on the human heart has no iwaj. So you can have the same impact on your heart that the Sahaba had on theirs. You can, that's possible. 
because the book has no iwaj. It's not like its effect has deteriorated. And it's not like Allah is no longer putting a ruh inside the body. It's the same ruh, it comes from the same source. It's the same heart that Allah created. It's not a different heart. You know, so every generation has an opportunity, which is why, you know, in the ayat uh, later on, Surah Al-Waqi'ah, you find As-Sabiqoon, As-Sabiqoon, As-Sabiqoon. You know, the, there are Sabiqoon in every generation. Every generation has their own Sabiqoon. Every, every generation has its own race. Who's going to be first in that race? So we're not just old Sabiqoon, we're Sahaba, and now we're not Sabiqoon anymore. Actually, every generation will have their own Sabiqoon because the Qur'an has the opportunity to heal and mend and rectify and correct every heart. Every heart. So its impact hasn't diluted. That's one of the first implications of Allah not putting iwaj in the book. The other is, you know, uh, this is also really important. Iwaj is about in'itaf. Like, you know when you lean towards something out of love? When do people leave values? Because they, when they think values are too harsh. When they think that the rules that you're following or what you think is right and wrong is, you're too tough. Take a softer stance. Take a softer stance. You know, go easy on people. And so iwaj happens in many cases because of love or because of softness or because of tenderness. Allah is setting a tone in this surah, which is a very important tone to understand. When it comes to the values of the Qur'an, when it comes to the truths that the Qur'an is explaining, there is no softness. There is no niceness. There is no kindness. There is no go easy. There is love in the Qur'an. There is softness and tenderness in the Qur'an. It's a very intimate book. It has a very intimate relationship with its slaves. It does. But not when it comes to certain things. What are those things? It's truth, it's message, it's values. What is wrong is wrong whether you like it or not. Whether somebody's going to be offended by it or not. Whether somebody's going to cry about it or not. Whether somebody's going to hate it or not. Whether you're going to get in trouble with your family or not, it's still wrong. That's not going to change. In other words, you know, the, look at the contrast. I want you to appreciate the contrast. The nicest human being who ever lived. Answer the question. Rasulullah. The nicest human being who ever lived. His enemies vouch for him. Makkah is not a nice place before Islam. Makkah is not a nice place. And yet, and these people have very choice words. If you study classical poetry, you know that they know how to, sailors don't know how to cuss like these guys do. But when they talk about Rasulullah, they only have the nicest words. This is the nicest human being ever. And yet, he's been given the Quran, which, if you just study even the worst translation of the Quran, even the one I don't recommend, or the most I don't recommend, if you study those translations, what do you get? What's going to be the first impression you get? This book is straight up like these people who disbelieve or this is going to happen to them. Don't be scared of them. Bring your evidence. You know. Isn't it? قُلْ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَتُغْلَبُونَ وَتُحْشَرُونَ إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ Tell the disbelievers you are going to be dominated and then taken to hell. What a horrible place that is. Does that sound nice? No. So the nicest human being that ever lived smile on his face, softness of voice, you would hear him and your heart would melt, is being commanded to recite <laughs> these ayat. And, you know, when you're nice, and you have a nice demeanor, don't you have to take into consideration the feelings of people you're talking to? And if you're going to use harsh words, maybe you think to yourself, 
Maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe I should talk to you about this later. Or maybe I should find some softer words to tell, this, tell you this that I want to tell you. Does the messenger, the question is, does the messenger وسلم, have a choice in the words he uses to share with the leader of Quraysh? You know, every inkling in your body will tell you, maybe I shouldn't say this, this is going to be offensive. Every inkling in your body. But Allah's revelation has come and he has to say it like it is. There is no iwaj in it and the first demonstration of that is this man who is only associated with the softest of softness has to speak this word which doesn't take away from his softness. We now have this confusion. Our softness in approach to people is being confused with the message itself. We have to go easy on people. We have to go easy on people. Which you know what that means for a lot of people? Don't tell them that it's wrong. Don't tell them what they're doing is wrong. Their feelings might get hurt. You have to take your time and go easy on people and not, hey, you should go easy on people. And you should have the kindest demeanor. But boy, oh boy, if you for a moment allow for a little bit of rewaj in what the right thing is and what the wrong thing is, and you don't stand by it, then that just, it just demonstrates that you've furthered from the book. And that's when you appreciate the word abd in this ayah. A free person has a choice in what they say. A free person chooses, this is what I'm going to say, this is how I'm going to say it. This is going to be politically correct, this is not going to be politically correct. You understand? When you, I just had the chance to meet the Turkish president. I'm not going to say, hey, what's up, yo? Turkey, my favorite kind of food. Yeah. How's your relationship with Hungary? I'm not going to make cheesy jokes with him. Because, you know, what's, how long is Thanksgiving in your country? I'm not going to do that. I speak a little Turkish, gobble gobble. I'm not going to do that. You know, Ibn Shaitan will come and do us wasa. But I won't do You know why? Because this is a respectful setting. And I, I really admire the guy. And I'm going to have a conversation with him about, you know, what we can do for youth in Turkey. Or how we can spread the, you know, Arabic education. Or some, something. Right? I'm going to consider what to say. But you know, the Messenger when the Qur'an comes down, when he has to recite it, who he has to recite it to, and what he has to recite, he has no choice in the matter. None whatsoever. Actually, because of the ayah yaqussu, the ayat in which the Messenger is described to do, uh, in doing qassa, qass of the ayat, or qissa of the ayat, it even suggests the tone he uses to recite the ayat is not up to him. The tone he uses is not up to him. The intonations he uses is not up to him. He has to recite them the way Allah wants him to. Because you know, you could say something harsh or something people don't want to hear, but have a softer tone. Like you know when kids don't want to answer your question? What did you, what did you do your homework? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> say it clearly. I, I haven't done it yet. When you... You're going to say it, but you say it in a softer tone. Maybe it won't have the same impact. You understand? But the Messenger has to say it like it is. Say it like it is. Say what is and how it is and how it's to be said right there in people's face. And there are so many occasions where you study the ayat of Quran and what he has to say. What he has is so... It's like you would have to be a slave, complete slave, 
to give in to that demand and speak about the Quran that way or speak to speak the words that way because you know the ultimate control you know is on your tongue like you're such a slave that you can't say a word out of place a sentence out of place you can't delay it you can't wait and say it la you know walam yaj'al lahu so the first demonstration the book itself is perfect but man the way it was delivered the way it was delivered, who the ayat were coming to, who the messenger was talking to, and when he was talking, that's, that's the demonstration of walam yaj'allahu awajan. By the way, there are some places where the messenger is even reciting ayat that go against himself. That's going to come in the surah. Is it easy for you to know that Allah is giving you words that might put you in trouble? And to say them? By the way, let me take it even a step further, which is for our problem, not the messenger's problem at all, because he's abd. That's the height of humility. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam We have an ego problem If I make a mistake If I make a mistake And I do Easy for me to come up and say I made a mistake Or hard It's hard By the way the more public you become The harder it becomes The harder it becomes to admit your mistake It's difficult Ustad Adam is teaching you He makes a grammar mistake You know even though he'll admit it and I'll admit it if I make a grammar mistake or a vocabulary mistake or I forget a word or I, you know, whatever it may be. Is it embarrassing? It's embarrassing, right? And when you're embarrassed, what does that mean? What does your embarrassment contradict inside of you? Your pride. Your, your self-respect, your sense of self-worth is being challenged when you have to admit your mistake, isn't it? And admitting your mistake, if somebody points out your mistake publicly, is that more embarrassing? Yes. Oh, man. That can make you angry. The case of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam until the day of judgment, we are going to be reciting Abasa wa Tawalla. One instance, one instance of him frowning. And it's not just him that's, it must have been hard enough for him to recite it. He's reciting it because now he knows that Allah Azza wa was not happy with what happened. You know? But the fact that billions of people across generations are going to be reciting it and studying the issue. Tell me, if I've made a mistake and people are having a halaqa discussing my mistake. <laughs> is that difficult to, to sit in on? People are sitting there talking about you? Is that easy to sit on? You would have to have no pride left inside you. And by the way, when someone has no pride of their own, they don't even own pride anymore, then they are abd. Then they're abd. This is part of what we're discussing in وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِوَجًا It's something very, very heavy. I have accepted the superiority of the word of Allah and as a result, I have accepted my place as abd. I am nothing. I'm nothing. And then it becomes easy for you to accept mistakes. It becomes easy for you to manage your pride. We can't get rid of our pride. It's, an, it's an, this animal that lives inside of us that we have to keep protecting ourselves from. It comes out and bites every once in a while. This is why Allah says, وَمَنْ يُقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِهِ The greed and the pride inside of him. Whoever has been protected from the shuh that lies inside of themselves. فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ You know, this monster lives in you and it lives in me. And it will come out. But this book has no crookedness. Which means it will fix our crookedness. Right? That's why Qayyiman is coming. So this idea that we can't compromise the values of Allah's book. This idea that the Messenger was actually the biggest demonstration of how this book is unadulterated, uncorrupted. Because so much of this book, even in this surah, it's coming later on. 
you know, don't, don't follow anybody else who doesn't even remember us. You know, you're finally get a chance to talk to somebody important. Finally, it's not easy to get time with the mayor, get time with the president, get time with the minister, get time with the CEO. It's not easy to get that time. You finally get a time to talk to them, and Allah says, here's what you recite to them. They have no remembrance of Allah in their heart, and everything they do is evil. Just tell him to his face. The two seconds you get with him, tell him that. <laughs> Musa is going to go to Fir'aun. He's going to go to a king. And he's supposed to, how, how are you doing? Is my old room still there? I remember this place. Wow, you changed the, you changed the throne. <laughs> wow, I didn't notice. That's a, a nice serpent tattoo. Or whatever, you know, he's going to, it should be some small talk. He's going to walk right in and like, let the Israelites go if you know what's good for you. This is how you talk to a king when you walk in? Yep, when the words aren't up to you. When the words are not up to you. Now thankfully, you and I are not in that position. We're not told what to say and when to say it. We just have the Qur'an. So we're far more, we have the opportunity to be far more tactful <laughs> in how we communicate, right? We choose what to say and what not to say because we weren't capable of what the Messenger was capable of. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But that does not mean that when it comes to the values of this book, that we allow ourselves to deviate in the name of being kind and easy on people and letting them learn and letting them grow. They're growing right now. So what is haram is not that haram for them yet. What is evil, what is outright evil is not that evil for them yet. We're weaning them off slowly. You know what, even if you wean them off slowly, because change comes slowly, they should still know from the very beginning that what they're doing is wrong. You don't hide from people that what they're doing is wrong. Even if you don't expect them to change overnight. The values don't, you know, the values have no crookedness. By the way, do people become straight immediately? No. People being fixed takes time. Values, however, they are always straight. Our principles are always straight. So your softness is about how patient you are with people because they haven't changed. People say, I even told him the ayah. I told him the hadith. And he didn't change. He's still doing it. Really? He's still doing it? Oh. I'm surprised. Even after hearing Dalil? Yeah, I told him like the Dalil and he's still like not even listening. Okay, well, here, here's a problem with that. The best generation, the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu ajma'in. Was there an alcohol problem? Did one ayah come down and it's over? Did one ayah come down? No. For alcohol, first Allah Azza wa reveals that its harm, its evil is greater than its benefit. Then he reveals, at least don't be drunk when you what? When you pray. Then he finally says, it is an abomination from the work of the devil, rijsum min amal shaitan It's an abomination from the work of the devil. Now please understand folks, there are two kinds of haram. There's haram that is not necessarily evil, but it's not permissible. Like pigs are not shaitans. Contrary to Pakistani opinion, <laughs> pigs are not evil. Like if, you're, if you were a kid and you were watching like, you know, Bugs Bunny, and you know, what was the pig's name? Huh? Porky shows up. Porky shows up, your mom turns it to you. Like, like, pigs aren't haram. You can't eat them. But Allah still made them. It's Allah's creation. You understand? But with, but Allah does not say pigs are an abomination from the work of the devil. But He does say that for, from what? About what? About alcohol. Which means it's always been an abomination. Even when Allah said, don't 
be drunk when you pray. Even when he didn't outright make it haram, it was still evil. It was still evil. But Allah Azza wa Jal revealed what, because he knew people can't handle getting off of it immediately. By the way, the most intelligent of the companions, when they heard it's got ithim in it, it's got sin in it, they actually left it immediately. But some who weren't strong enough, that doesn't take away the fact that that's not ithim. Because you know, bad translation, it's harm is greater than it's benefit. Have you heard that bogus translation before? It's harm is greater than, where's harm, where's dar? Where's dar in the ayah? Ithmuhuma akbaru min naf'ihima. It's sin is greater than its benefit. It's sin. So Allah immediately let us know that it's sinful. The value that it's sinful was immediately revealed. That didn't, Allah didn't hide that. But still, because it's an, it's, a, it's an addictive drug, people get hooked on it, they can't get off of it. It takes time to get off of it. Allah revealed more and more stronger injunction. But that it didn't hide the fact that in and of itself there's an ithm in it. There's an evil in it. There's something harmful in it, you see? So yeah, people will take time when you give people advice and they don't change right away, like, hey, take it easy. Nobody changes right away. If that was the case, then uh, you know, there, would, there would be no concept of tarbiyah. There would be no concept of people actually getting better over time, becoming stronger over time. There would be no point in the messenger being given the example وسلم, of the sahaba being compared to trees. Trees grow overnight? No. Everybody started as a seed. Then they eventually grew tall. You know? Then they became tall stalks. You know, tall, a, a farm that fully matures, where the stalk is taller than yourself. That happens over time. That takes a lot of work. So when people hear you say something, I told them and they didn't change. That actually means the problem is not with them. The problem is with you. You have much less right to say, I told them and they didn't even change, than Nuh <laughs> He has a lot more right to say that than you. You know, our frustration with people is actually our demonstra our, uh, 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 a demonstration that we don't understand the difference between ideas being perfect but people not being perfect. Ideas of the Quran are perfect, people are not. And just because people aren't perfect, we're not willing to bend the ideas. But at the same time, we're not also expecting people to be perfect. We're going to allow people to get straight over time. Qayyiman. And that's why qayyiman and not muqiman. We'll see that inshallah ta'ala tomorrow. So that's our conversation about the first ayah. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayat wa dhikr al-Hakim. I'll give you guys five minutes for questions. I've already taken 15 over.